listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to read multiple books at once. We know y'all are all doing it, but no one's talking about it. <laughs> Actually, That's, we are all talking about it, but, but uh, <laughs> how do you do it best? And we're going we're gonna to tell you how. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book that is probably going to be one of my favorite books of the year. Um, a book, a short story book, which that's rare for me to that is say rare that would you. be one of my favorite books of the year. It's called Lesser Known Monsters of the 21st Century by Kim Fu. Oh my God, I want the, I'm want. i going to get this arc because it looks so good. Uh, it's out. You don't have to get an arc. You oh. can just get it from the <laughs> library. You too can read Lesser Known Monsters. Because it's got the really cool cover with like the blue tiger on it. Yeah, it is it is bluish now that I'm looking at it, but I didn't know that because I read on a Kindle. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's various short stories. A lot of them are sort of monstery based, but very much set in our own world um and then some are just more like weird sci-fi scenarios like for example people suddenly or people wake up and they can't taste anymore and like how that affects the world but then there's also one about a girl who sprouts wings on her ankles and like and and it's about her and her friends and whether or not that exists when the adults show up it's just a really beautifully written short story collection and i was kind of just speaking of reading multiple books, I feel like I was juggling a lot of stuff and I was having trouble paying attention to anything for an extended period of time. So I picked this up because I was like, oh, right, I, I did want to read this. It came in from the library at the exact right time. So short stories were really helpful to me uh, in sort of getting out of a little bit of a slump. I feel like I tried a few books. They felt too heavy. I couldn't do them. But I love this one. Like I said, one of my favorite books of the year. It's hard to talk about a short story collection. I would just Yeah, because you're like, yeah, here's one of the stories. It, I mean, it's, it's really beautiful, beautifully written gorgeous like kind of sci-fi in our world uh uh stuff awesome um what are you reading i am reading an advanced review copy of friend of the show clay mcleod chapman oh yeah we love clay and we love his books uh his new horror novel is out in september and folks you really should pre-order it it's called mm -hmm. ghost eaters it is so good it's so unique if you love ghosts, love spooky stories, this is, it's just such an interesting take on it. It's about this woman and she's in Richmond and Virginia and she's kind of stuck in her life. Like her, her and all her college friends, like no one really made it out. Um, and they're, they're all various stages of frustration and all, content warnings for death and addiction. And this is not a spoiler, but one of her best friends and her ex that she has a very complicated relationship with uh is uh, is an addict mm. and that obviously complicates their relationship because she's the one who's been helping him out for a really long time and she's mm. kind of at the end of a rope and he ends up dying um and she blames herself and she finds out that before he died he started getting really into this new drug that lets you see ghosts oh wow and she gets kind of embroiled in that world after he dies because she wants to see him and she wants to see if she can contact him and turns out it's not so not such a good idea mm -hmm. it's really spooky and it's really fun and it's just such a brilliant smart really like i said unique take on ghosts mm -hmm. and i liked it so much it is ghost eaters by clay mccow chapman and mine is Lester Known Monsters of the 21st Century by Kim Fu. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Fee wrote in about books appearing in bookstores early. 
I was listening to last week's episode, episode 255, where a glasser wrote in about finding a book out on the shelves of Barnes & Noble early. I can sort of answer this question. I worked at Barnes & Noble in 2021 and was the person in the back in charge of unboxing all the book shipments for shelving. Whenever I unboxed a book, I would scan it with a PDT. Please don't ask me what this stands for. I never learned. I believe it's um, uh, something portable data terminal. No idea. I think that's what it is. It's just like, it's basically like a little scanner. Um, but the, uh, Fee says the PDT basically connects to our larger system and tells us all the info about the book, genre, release date, if someone special ordered it, etc. New releases that arrive before their release date would be scanned and the PDT would make a very annoying beeping noise telling me that I should not place this book out for sale under any circumstances. But sometimes I would scan a pending new release and the PDT wouldn't beep. For whatever reason, the system wouldn't recognize the book as being a pending new release. So unless I knew for a fact that the book shouldn't go out yet, I would put it on the cart and send it out to shelves. Wow. So basically, Fee is uh, the reason you're seeing these books out, out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, but this makes sense. Like, if, if you're not told, why would you go to yeah. the trouble of looking up whether or not that bo book belongs out in the world? And I think the question was, the person wrote in with, they were like, is it okay for me to buy this? Which we were like... Go for it. I mean, it's out there. Yes. And I did hear from some from some publishing friends uh, that say if you buy it before it comes out, it does still count for the first week. Okay. But according to some publishing friends, it is very annoying to publishers. Sure. I'm and they sure. get really grumpy about it, uh, which is totally understandable. As of the author, I would be grumpy about it. But technology is weird. Sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. weird things happen and things slip through the cracks. Katie wrote in with a hot book tip. Wow, wow. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Hot right. book tip of the morning with Mallory and Bria. We were sent some new instruments from Emily. <laughs> I'm not sure this is this loud. Do you think this is loud? Well, Sean's sure gonna tell us. Um, thank you, Emily, for sending us some very fun <laughs> things we get to play with to announce the hot I, book tip. I love that the hot book tip thing has become such a huge deal now. People with they email us with hot book tips. They either they always either try to type out the noise, or sometimes people are like, "Hot book tip." I don't know what I don't know how to type out the noise, but insert it here. Woo, woo. Right. <laughs> it's like a train is coming. Um, all right. Train full of hot book tips. Yeah, you're ready to dump, dump these hot book tips out the back. Um, Katie wrote in, I have an option for the listener who needs a way to track her reading but doesn't want her reviews public. All right. So this is a person a, a few episodes ago. Apparently, Goodreads has a private comment section for every book. It might only be available via the website, not the app, but I use it frequently for my thoughts about a book when I don't want them to them known publicly or for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that, I see a lot of folks, that's like one of the big reasons why people don't like tracking their reading on Goodreads, um, because they don't want other people to see it. Yeah, I didn't know there was a private comment section. Secret thoughts on books, folks. And then Janie sent in a wheelhouse. Uh, Janie says, I discovered your podcast a couple weeks ago and have been binging it ever since. Where has it been all my life? I'm a lifelong voracious reader and freelance writer living outside of Washington, D.C. Hopefully you're a Capitals fan. Anyway, here's my book wheelhouse. Talking animals, duh. Best friends who are true kindred spirits. Characters who rise up out of bad situations and triumph, especially using magic or superpowers. Telekinesis, holes in the ground. Oh. Portals, villains who turn good in the end. Lavish descriptions of food, cabins in the woods, sourdough cultivating, and women solving mysteries by themselves. Don't give me any help. I'll be solving this mystery all by myself. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. We have some bookmarks for you folks. Uh, first off, it is our five-year anniversary. Wow. 
We have been doing reading glasses. Oh, wait, yeah, hold on. <laughs> We've been doing reading glasses for five whole years. That is, we're, we're getting towards 300 episodes. We have done countless live events and bonus episodes and special things. Thank you, folks, for if you have been there from the beginning for joining us on the ride. If you've joined us along the way, if maybe you're a brand new listener, thank you. We're really, I think from Go, we were very surprised at how uh, quickly this show got a great community around it and is one of the best things we've ever done. We love it so much. So uh, thank you. And to celebrate, not not totally to celebrate, but it just this just works out well. So after we had Tade Thompson on the show... Mm-hmm. And he called himself a book slut. And yep. Bria was like, wow, I really want that as a shirt. Bria texted me afterwards and was like, hey, can we actually do that as a shirt? Yes. And mm-hmm. our friend Jordan over at Void Merch delivered. Mm-hmm. Now, folks, you can get your own book slut shirt. You really <laughs> can. <laughs> there are two different uh, different designs. One is just says book slut uh, with just type. And one it says book slut. And then it has a wet book. <laughs> So dumb, we were wildly entertained. Wildly entertained. Jordan is a is an evil genius. Mm-hmm. We we love it so much. So you can get it on shirts, but you can also get it on totes and mugs and uh, stickers and stuff like anything that. You want. So maybe you're also a person who likes to read ev- absolutely anything and everything, different genres, whatever you want. Um, I I'm gonna get a book slut shirt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm ordering one too. <laughs> I'm ordering one and hopefully and sending one to uh today thompson to see if he'll he'll wear it i would love that oh my god uh, that would be so good but yeah so, so folks there's a link in the show notes uh if you go to maximumfun.org uh look for reading glasses that's where all our show notes go and uh under our little special uh uh link for just reading glasses and uh you can get your own book slut shirt also one quick bookmark for me i am finally going on tour in the uk this is going to be my first in-person book tour since the pandemic started i'm very excited uh, my uk publisher uh, is sending me out for girly drinks girly drinks comes out in the uk on july 28th in the last week of july i'm going to be doing events all over the uk i will be uh, the only ones that i can that have been announced i'm going to be in london i think once or twice uh and definitely oxford um so i'll put a link in the show notes to to that i would love to see some uk glassers hey. be really exciting if you want to come out um so far, I think it's just going to be me talking and hanging out at the, in, um, I don't do readings, but I'll just be doing a talk and drinks will be served. So if you want to drink and talk about books with me, please come. It's going to be a blast. Last week of July, I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. But you won't see glasses. You'll see glasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish we had like, what, Sean, what's a British noise we could put here? Oh, yeah. Maybe Sean. The tolling of Big noise. Ben. I don't know. Um. Anyway, before we talk about reading multiple books at once, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Bria, what does it feel like when you're burnt out? Ooh, feels like different things to different people, I think. I think, I mean, you know, for you people, personally. Oh, for me personally, um, it feels like the inability to focus. It feels like... Uh, not wanting to do anything, having trouble getting out of bed, and uh, just that general, you know, that feeling of procrastination where that just feels so much better than actually doing the thing (laughs) that you're supposed to be doing. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, for me, burnout feels like just not having any gas in my tank. Mm. Like I have so much stuff to do and just no ability to do it. And it's it's rough. I mean, and you can get burnout from all sorts of things, you know, from just too much going on in your work life, home life, 
just in your head, uh, you know, life can be overwhelming and many people are burnt out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include, like we said, lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, uh, all kind. I mean, it's rough and it can happen in a multitude of ways. Good thing is BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. But Bria, what is BetterHelp? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, which is great. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you are feeling bad and you're like, I want to talk to someone, hey, you can be talking to someone in less than two days. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I've been in therapy for a really, really long time. Um, I treasure my relationship with my therapist. It's great. A couple times a month, we sit down and talk, and I'm like, here's all the stuff that's going on in my brain, and he helps me sort it out and gives me some tools to be less anxious and less stressed, and it has been... I mean, it is impossible to overstate the uh, benefit that therapy has been to my life. It really has helped me get my anxiety disorder under control. You know, I I sleep better. I feel better in my brain. I manage stress much more easily. It's fantastic. Uh, And you can try it right now. You can try it today because our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. So you can try therapy, uh, see if it's for you. Maybe you've never tried therapy before, but you're really stressed out or you're having a hard time with something and you just want someone to talk to. Or maybe you used to be in therapy, but then you kind of fell off of it and you don't know where to start back up and you're you're really busy and you just don't think you have the the time and the energy to drive somewhere every every week or every month. BetterHelp has got your back. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash glasses. BetterHelp dot com slash glasses. Classes. Classes. Hi, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And the three of us host The Flophouse. It's a podcast where we watch a new bad movie and then we talk about it. Dan, you say it's hosted by the three of us. We've had a lot of great guest co-hosts like Gillian Flynn, Jamel Bowie, John Hodgman, Jessica Williams, Wyatt Cenac, Joe Bob Briggs, Josh Gondelman, Roman Mars. Yeah, and you said new movies, but what about the time we did Meatballs 2? Okay, okay, yeah, sometimes we do older movies and sometimes we have guests, but mostly it's about us talking about like recent bad movies. And don't forget about the ones where I made you do a role-playing game where you played cartoon dogs. All right, yeah. Shouldn't a promo be a really simple explanation about what our show's about? So, what's the show about, Dan? What's it about? (sighs) What's it about? It's about friendship, all right? It's about our friendship and how we love each other. The Flophouse. It's a podcast mostly about bad movies on Maximum Fun. This week, we're talking about reading multiple books at once. Is it good for your reading life? Not so good? Does it help you get more reading done? And if so, what's the best way to do it? We've got you covered. And today's episode was inspired by Dylan, who wrote in to say... Do you have any advice regarding reading multiple books at once? I recently got back into reading in the past few years. I managed 24 books last year, which is a record for me. That is awesome. The problem is that everything on my bookshelf and my Kindle looks so exciting. I have such a hard time choosing what to read next that I end up reading multiple books at once. I usually have a physical book for daytime reading, a Kindle book for bedtime reading, and an audiobook for listening to during chores and other physical tasks. Sometimes if I'm really hyped about too many books, I'll have partially read books all over the room, which my fiance loves. (laughs) The issue is that I can get the stories a little mixed up, especially if multiple books are similar. Do you ever read multiple books at once? And if so, what are your thoughts specifically regarding keeping the multiple stories separated? Bria, are you a multi-reader? I am most of the time, but not all of the time. A lot of times I'm just focused on one book. I usually have some sort of audiobook going. 
a lot of times it's the book for my book club because I know I need to do it. Like I know it needs to be there and it needs to be available for me. Um, and, and I always usually have a novel going. That's like the main thing I always have. And then sometimes I have like a book of poetry or a nonfiction book or something like that to read in the mornings um, or just like, you know, on my Kindle or something. Um, and then a lot of times I'll pick up a graphic novel. So the answer is like, yeah, yes, you're a multi multi reader. But like, I definitely have the, the main book and then I have a bunch of side pieces, <laughs> a bunch of side, a, a bunch of side books. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I have this problem too, where I get so excited about other books that I'm like, should I quit reading this book? I'm not loyal to this book for any reason. So I, I get what Dylan is saying. What, what about you? I am to an extent, and I think to a lesser extent than you are. Uh, mm -hmm. I usually have one fiction book going. Um, like I said that it's funny that we're both like, oh, this is the main event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the main, the main, the main person that you're monogamous. You, this is your main relationship, but then you have other relationships. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's a, there's all these, uh, there's a lot of terminology in the poly community. I can't remember any of it right now. Oh but yeah. This like, would be helpful for us. Yes. Like you're, I don't, I, yeah, we're, I'm going to have to look it up, but there's uh different yeah. names for all of that. Um, but yeah, so I usually have one fiction book going and one nonfiction. So fiction is with me at all times. Nonfiction stays next to the bed. Um, and then I usually have keep an audiobook going. I, I think so many people so many of us just keep an audiobook going for when you're like doing yoga, folding laundry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't do any more than that. Uh when I read a book, I wanna be totally focused on it. And if there's another book I wanna read, I'd rather just wait and finish the one that I'm on. Hmm. Um so do you think reading multiple books could be good for your reading life? Do you think it is helpful to you? Maybe helps you get more reading in? You think you read more this way? I don't think I read more this way. I think, you know, if I carried around the same book all day long, I would probably get the same amount read, except reading in different formats, I think helps. So the audiobook obviously is a big uh, a way to get to sneak in some more reading, but also just having like a book on my phone. A lot of times it's not the book that I'm my main book, unfortunately, but like having that is helpful. But yeah, look, I can, I can read my book while I'm driving and I can't do that with my main book yet. Cause I'm, <laughs> that's only my audio book. So yes, I guess it does help overall. Um, but I, I don't know. It's hard for me to read just like a book of poetry and nothing else like that. would be like a tough, a tough ask or even a nonfiction book. I'm not really just reading that and nothing else. I always have like that main book, like we said. Well, cause those are things you'd like to digest a little bit. That, yeah. You don't want to binge a, a poetry book. Yeah. It's hard. And then also like I'm reading it before bed and I think reading up, I mean, you probably could do it before bed. And I do read like, like it's hard for me to read just like a straight nonfiction book before bed. Like maybe I'll read a chapter and then go to my, my fiction, mm -hmm. fiction book. But yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily helping me read more. Um, what about you? Do you think it's helping you get reading reading more? No, I not for I. I mean, I, 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 I know for me personally, and because that's I've that's because I've tried it, and I know that it doesn't help me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think if you're someone who can get distracted, or maybe your mood changes, or you find yourself not feeling the book you're reading, it might be something to try out. Um, so like, why not? It can't hurt. I can see how having multiple books going would be nice in that situation because then you've got different options. Like if you stall out on one book and you're like, oh, this book's really sad and it's a nice day out and I don't feel like reading it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, well, I have another option. That might be good. Uh, and if you want to get more reading in, you know, it's better to switch to a different book than just wait until you feel like reading the book that you're already reading. Just make sure that you can jump back and forth without forgetting what's going on in the other books. But for me, I like to just focus. I think that that is such, that's the, that's the biggest takeaway here, I think, is that 
it is so if, if you're reading like two sci-fi books set in space Ugh. like that's that's gonna be a tough jump but i think like the audiobook which kind which uses a different part of your brain um in some you know it yeah. uses different parts of your brain than a than a um physical book or if you're reading like yeah, like a nonfiction book about medieval times and then you're reading a romance set in present day. I think that's, yeah. that's good. And I do think is probably good for your brain to kind of be able to jump between these two things. And you can do it based on your mood or like Mallory time of day. I know you got that morning book and yeah. the night book, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my, my what does Jeremy call them? My upstairs books? My yeah, upstairs books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, okay, or locale. Maybe it depends yeah. on locale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really want to read multiple books of the same genre uh, at once, and this is for you, Dylan, I really would try to make sure they're, they have different... The thing that to focus on is different setting and different plot. Mm. You um, mean two fiction books at the same time? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, nonfiction, it could work too. Oh, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, not le- less so plot, but, you know, more so setting. Because um, it'll just be easier to keep things straight if, you know, one, even if you're reading in the same genre, like one horror takes place on the beach and one takes place in a spaceship, it'll be easier for you to keep that straight versus if they're all both in a haunted house or they're both romances set in, you know, Regency England you know, try to have, I would say plot and setting are the two big ones. Yeah, for sure. And there are books that I've read back to back that it's like, there's two vampire series that I read back to back. And I think of those as the same book. Like when <laughs> in my head, I can't think of one is the passage. And what is the other one I read? It was the Guillermo del Toro. Uh, the Strain. Yeah. I read those books back to back. And, <laughs> and they're the same book. I, in my head, I get confused. I'm like, well, which one has the plane? Which one has, like, the people in the facility? And I'm like, oh, they both have people in the facility. Like, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's actually, that's very confusing. So I think finding, wh- I think what Mallory said is totally spot on. Like, if you uh, keep, keep, make sure you're going, you can keep them going at the same time, but make sure they're very different books. Yeah, abs- I think. Location special, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Dylan's but two doing two vampire books. That's hard. Two, two vampire, vampire books, books. even too if they're different. Sucking. Even if one is like a, a like a horror and one's a romance, it's just going to be too confusing. Yeah, you're going to be like, like you're going to open the, up scared? the. Why are they having sex? Yeah, you're going to be open up your horror book. Like, why are they all making out? This is yeah. weird. I it's just too. I think it's too tough. But I think I think Dylan's already doing the right thing. Different formats is really really helpful. Different times of day is helpful. But for me, it's all about the setting and I the think, plot. I think Dylan also like it's cool to get excited about new books. I think yeah. that's great. And if you are so much more excited about this new book and less excited about your other book, it's okay to dump that book. Yeah. Like maybe you aren't even into the other book. Like I would I would ask yourself that question. If you're so excited about this other book that you can't even you keep picking up new books, maybe the original book you're reading is not necessarily the yeah. right book for you. Time to break up. Time to break up. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on multiple book reading to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a bookish question, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Magic Spoon. If you're trying to cut down on carbs or sugar, it might feel like all your fun breakfast options are off the table. But folks, Magic Spoon is here to save the day. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about this. Bria, what is Magic Spoon? Magic Spoon? It's a a breakfast cereal. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. It has zero grams of sugar. 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, which Mallory loves. She loves protein. Just give her, just just pump the protein right in there. (laughs) And it's got four net grams of carbs in every serving. Mallory, you love this stuff. You want to talk about it? I'm a magic spoon convert. Uh, We tried this and I was 
you know, I eat a lot of protein. I'm a power lifter and it is, it, most of my protein options are pretty boring. I eat a lot of protein shakes. Mm. I eat a lot of protein bars mm. and, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. I have to do it, but I don't get excited about it. Uh, and I tried magic spoon and I was absolutely blown away about how, how one, how much like in two cups of, of cereal, a lot of these have, you know, 13 to 14 that's that means it's either 26 or 28 grams of protein oh that's a that's, lot that's a lot for me but the the more exciting thing is it tastes exactly like the breakfast cereals that you ate when you were a kid oh, yeah. i don't think i'm allowed to say the brand names but the fruity ones <laughs> uh i would the, the the fruity flavor of magic spoon tastes exactly like a fruity sugary breakfast cereal that you ate in front of the tv on saturdays when you were a kid yum sometimes i'm like even on a day where i'm not lifting i'm like oh i kind of want some of that cereal because mm-hmm. it, it, ta- it is so good and if you when you eat it, you will not believe that it is, you know, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, no sugar, high protein. It is it's really they call it magic spoon, but it's true. It's magic. I absolutely love it. And what's cool is you can build your own box. So there's the cocoa flavor, the fruity flavor, which is my favorite, the frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and honey nut. Folks, so good. So good. So even if you are not trying to become a big beefcake like me and you're just you you want a fun breakfast and you're trying to, you know, you, maybe you don't eat gluten like me and Bria. You want to be low carb. You want to be grain free, whatever it is. Mag- Magic Spoon has gotcha. Yeah. And even more exciting. Magic Spoon has brought back their cereal bars. Oh, so Perfect, excited. convenient, on the go companion to your cereal. So check those out, too. If you are the kind of person who always eats breakfast in their car like me <laughs> uh then this could be perfect for you or you just miss the days when you were uh maybe in college or in high school and you could have a fistful of sugary breakfast cereal at midnight mm. when you can't sleep you can do it again you can do the same thing with magic spoon only you're not going to be like oh no i just literally had a handful of sugar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, magic spoon truly is magic so all you have to do is go to magicspoon.com glasses to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code glasses at checkout to save five dollars off your order magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a hundred percent happiness guarantee so if you get it and you don't like it they'll refund your money no questions asked uh so you can get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com glasses that's magicspoon.com glasses and use the code glasses to save five dollars off glasses glasses Do you sometimes wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley. But when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, but just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. So listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Emily writes in, Dear Brian Mallory, so I collect signed books, even though I'm mostly an e-reader. 
I got a signed copy of Casey McQuiston's new book, I Kissed Shara Wheeler in the pink cover, and then I went to her book tour event and got a signed copy of the Barnes & Noble Purple Edition. Well, today, I see there is a beautiful blue cover for the UK edition. Mm. I'm tempted to buy a signed one to complete the set, but my question is, is it bad to buy an international copy of a book just to collect since those people don't have access to the American edition? Love the show and have been listening to the backlist during work and will oftentimes make me laugh out loud. Thank you for making such a fun show. Bria, what should Emily do? First, we have the most conscientious listeners. You know, we actually got complimented on that. I think it was Lauren, my best friend, who the other day was like, wow, glasses are, have such high morals. They're, so, they're very thoughtful. You know, they're they like, really will this are. be fucking someone else? Then I should not do it because I do not want to be a trash baby. I do not want to be, oh man, there's a show I like on TV right now and- this girl says, uh, a full diaper of a woman. <laughs> wow. A full diaper? That's, not, that's real funny. Uh, these people <laughs> don't want to be full diapers. Um, we, we truly have the most thoughtful listeners, I think, of any podcast ever. So I don't totally understand this question, Mallory. So She thinks she's going to be taking an edition away. That's what I thought. Yes. So she thinks, so she's like, I don't want to buy this book because it's going to take away from a UK person. Yes. Um, is that the case, Mallory? Because I actually no. don't know. Okay, tell me. It's not the case. Okay. Um, I'm, t- I'm saying, uh, Emily, buy that book because it's only going to benefit Casey McQuisted. You yeah. know? And the thing is, if they run out of those beautiful blue UK editions, they'll have to order another printing. And then Casey yeah. McQuiston will be real happy. It's great for the author. Yeah. I will say my only note about this is that about buying international editions is that oftentimes Amazon will sell copies of book of the book to countries where the book isn't out yet. Oh. So, um, uh, which can be good. The thing is, it, it, obviously, it's good. But if the book is actually coming out from a publisher in that country, like right now, let me see. Um, Lady from the Black Lagoon is not out in France. So if mm. someone buys a copy off of French Amazon, it's coming from the U.S. Mm, okay, so it's, it's not, a long shipment. Yeah, it's a long shipment, but it's not. It's go, it's counting towards my U.S. numbers. Ah, okay. And that again, it, it, that that can be good. But if like say, if Lady from the Black Lagoon was going to be coming out in France, which is currently it is not. That would take away from a sale that I would get from that publisher. And that would, you know, it's not great. So if you see a book that you want and it's not out in your country yet. So before you do what what Emily's going to do in special order, just check the author's website to see like right now, Girly Drinks is coming out in the UK. So I would rather people wait and get it the UK edition rather than ordering a copy from America. Because that way you'd rather UK people get a UK edition. Just so that it shows that publisher that people in that country I want see. to buy your books. Well, um, but what's interesting about um, what Emily is doing is that she's showing that publisher that that people in America want to buy their yeah. books. <laughs> so it's actually like, it, it's very... Yeah. That's, again, that's my only note. So it, it, and if you want to buy a book uh, and it's not available in your country, just and the, it's not going to come out anytime soon, then, you know, just go for it. But I, Emily, you're not taking anything away from anyone else. And again, if they need to print more, that's great for Casey McQuiston. Yeah, yeah, Casey yeah. McQuiston would be like, yes, please, Emily, buy as many yes. books as you and can. And we're real McQuiston heads over here, so we like I, anything from McQuiston. I still have never read a Casey McQuiston book. Well, maybe it's time. We I know it is. order this beautiful cover. I know. Maybe not the UK one. Order, <laughs> I mean, you got options here. I know. I, uh, it, it is really cool that there are multiple editions. And so don't feel that a lot of people do this. Mm. People, book lovers, love books. Mm, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I love this. I love this question, though. 
What a what a very this is getting in the weeds of, uh, of publishing, the, and we the, are here for it. The bread and butter of reading these glasses. Questions. We don't. Neither both of us are allergic to gluten. We need to come up with a different phrase than bread and butter. Oh, uh huh. It is we, the bourbon and chocolate. Of, it is the seed bread, seed based bread. It, it is the rice cake of reading uh, glasses. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so that if, makes it sound like the boring thing uh, that comes up and you a, have to eat. Uh, what's a rice bun? A rice bun? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like those little, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. We could just say bourbon and chocolate. The, okay, that's, this, yeah, it's the bourbon and chocolate. That's the things glasses. that we love. I like that. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request. Quinn writes in, my best friend is normally an avid reader, reading over 100 books a year, but has recently had a hard time getting into reading. Even rereading her old favorites isn't working. She's been able to read comics, but wants to get back but wants to get back into novels. She knows I love your podcast and wanted to know which five or so episodes you recommend most for getting out of book slumps, alleviating book guilt, and maybe just some of your favorite episodes in general, and a bit about her wheelhouse, Black Joy, Black female protagonists, fantasy with strong female leads, retellings, especially fairy tales, Greek-Roman mythology, and Pride and Prejudice. Thank you so much for all your hard work on the show. So, folks, we are going to recommend a book mm. for Quinn's friend. I love when people, uh, uh, like write in for recommendation requests on behalf of someone mm -hmm. normally husbands and dads mm -hmm. but uh, i love the ones for friends and then we are going to recommend some of our favorite episodes uh, but first Bria, what do you think quinn's best friend should read i'm saying bethany c morrow's a song below water yes i think this is going to scratch the itch for this sort of retelling fairy tale thing because even though it's not a retelling i'm going to argue that it is in a world in which we are familiar with things in this world so I think you will feel like it is a bit of a retelling because it has sirens as like yeah it does have that fantasy characters. feel but it's set in current day so it, it is fantasy but it's set in current day uh, Pacific Northwest and I think it could just be a really fun it's comics adjacent I think I'm gonna argue that too even though it is not a comic but I think it has a lot of themes and things that you would like in that and then it has some really great um Strong female leads, black female protagonists, black joy. I think it has all of these things. It's basically, look, did Bethany call these people superheroes? No. But do they have amazing <laughs> powers? Yes. So I think it like is akin in some ways to like a comic booky kind of world, even though it is very much just like a, a YA fantasy like set in modern day. And I just love this book. I just think it's a great book. I think everyone should read it. And hopefully Quinn's friend likes it. What do you recommend? So I'm going to recommend an author I talked about recently, Kaylin Barron. She wrote, that. remember that plant fantasy I talked about, This Poison Heart? Oh, yes. But she wrote another book that's a Cinderella retelling oh. called Cinderella Isn't Dead. And oh, it's yeah. a black right. female protagonist. And it takes place in this world where even though Cinderella has been dead for hundreds of years, they have carried on this tradition of bringing all these girls to a ball to get picked by the prince. But now in this world, all the girls that don't get picked by the prince, they disappear and no one knows what happens to Ooh. them. Um, so it is a wicked fun queer black female protagonist retelling of a very famous story. Okay. What more could you want? Yeah, this sounds perfect. So that's Cinderella Isn't Dead by Kaylin Barron. And mine is A Song Below Water by Bethany Simara. And then I did a, a comb through the Reading Glasses archives and picked out 
five episodes that I think are great. Like maybe if you're listening to this and you're like, you've never gone through our backlog or you're listening to this and you're like, I want to get my friends into reading glasses so I can share the, this weirdness with my friends. Great. Here are five uh, good episodes for getting out of book slumps. The first one is an early one, episode 11. Yeah, you're going to die with a TBR list and how to accept that. Great. We wow. talk early on, early Brie and Mallory, just little babies. Uh, uh, baby, baby Children. podcasters. But this, uh, that episode was when we were like, listen, you're never going to read all the books you want to read. Too bad. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. and we talk about how that actually can be good for your reading. And then episode 37, this was a classic. Drop that book guilt in a review of a plastic bag. That's right. We did review a plastic bag early on. <laughs> that was for tub reading. And you know for what? tub reading. Got a pretty good review. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what? We were pretty impressed with the plastic bag. And because it came around to when I, I was reading Kindle in the tub and one of our listeners wrote in there like, you know, you can just put that thing in a plastic bag and it'll be safe. Oh, yeah. Because you, you used to hang out of the tub. I have to tell you, still do that. I, <laughs> I don't use the plastic bag. <laughs> but the plastic bag was useful and people were right about it. I just didn't use it. Uh, but that episode is all about not being guilty about what you read, which I think will be helpful. Uh, and then... Fast forward a bit to episode 129, uh, What Gets You to Pick Up a Book with Lindsay Dunn. Uh, and that's when we first started talking about the reading doorways slash pathways. Mm, and it's a fun episode because we're talking about, you know, how to th- how to think about your reading in those terms, like plot, language, uh, character, or setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think thinking, I, I, I've seen a lot of glasses write in to say that thinking about what, what makes you like a book in that way can be really helpful for finding more books. Mm-hmm. And then episode 142, which is dump that book, classic. Talk about book classic, dumping. dump the book. We love it. We love book dumping, but that can really help you get out of a book slump because a lot of people get into a book slump I feel, I feel like there's two ways to get into a book slump. Either you read a book that is so good that it like ruins you for a while, sure. or you read a book that it just like stalls you out. And yeah, then or you're, you're trying to finish the book. Yeah, yes. you're trying to finish the book, and instead of putting the book somewhere else and taking like a in break the trash, from, like right in the trash. <laughs> no, like instead of like being like you know in the recycling, in the recycling. Yes. You, <laughs> instead of doing that. Which, you don't have to do that. You can just put it aside for later. But, like, people just kind of, like, push through and they're like, I just can't finish this book, so I don't even want to keep reading. Yeah, It's like, no, get rid of the book. The book is the problem, not the reading. Yes. Yeah. And then lastly, episode 202, which is how to decide what to read next. Mm. And that can, that's, I mean, that's self-explanatory. It's a whole episode of how to how to figure out, you know, what you want to read and what to pick next. So, we think that these are five good ones to start if you're trying to get out of a book slump or you're in a little, you're stalled out right now. So Quinn, hopefully your best friend, both likes these books and uh, likes these episodes. Uh, so as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to buy your own book slut shirt along with all of book our slut. other things, libraries are flipping awesome in both flipping and fucking varieties. Ones that just say reading glasses, ask me what I'm reading. There's so many cool reading glasses designs that our friend Jordan over at Boyd Merch has made. And you can get them on totes and shirts and mugs and stickers and pillows and journals and all kinds of fun stuff. Check out the link in the show notes. And if you like the show and you're like, wow, these ladies are so great. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. It's our five-year anniversary, folks. If you want to get Bri and I an anniversary yes, present. thank you. Happy anniversary. You want to get us an anniversary present for five years of making this show for everyone in the world to listen to for free, please rate and review us on your podcast listening app of choice. If you are an Apple podcast listener, I, I don't know how to do it on Spotify, but I know if you're an Apple podcast listener, just open it up on your phone, search for reading glasses, go to the reading glasses page and scroll down and boom right there. You can give us a five-star rating and review. It will take you less than a minute and it would really make our day. It'd be a great anniversary present. We would really appreciate it. You can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading G podcast on Instagram at reading glasses podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.